Hey there, Greybeardians. Thank you very much for coming back and listening to another episode of Cybersecurity Greybeard. I appreciate everybody, all of you, and I take pride in so many international followers. Cybersecurity Greybeard has been heard in 94 countries. The vast majority of my listeners obviously are in the United States. However, I'm here to help international people as well. So if you have questions, reach out. If you find value in my talks, please pass on the word of Cybersecurity Greybeard to your friends teachers, professors, fellow students, and colleagues, pay it forward and give back. For the newer listeners, my episodes are non-serial, non-sequential, so feel free to go back and listen to earlier episodes. They all make sense individually, and don't forget to reach out via email at cybergraybeard at gmail.com. In addition to that, for those of you that have been listening, it may make sense at certain points in your journey to go back and listen to other episodes. The ones that really stick out are finding a job, as well as how to grow as an analyst. I think some of the conversation in both of those really are relevant and prevalent throughout a career. And it's not just how to grow as a cybersecurity analyst. I think what I talk about in there is to help anybody grow. And that's a bit about this conversation too. So a bit of a segue, but again, they're completely independent. So feel free to go back and listen to any of the uh, talks from 2019 onwards. Again, today's going to be talking about owning your career. My journey is a winding road with major bumps and bruises, and know that yours will have ups and downs as well. I hope that you don't go through some of the things that I've gone through. However, many of my own issues are self-inflicted, which is a big reason why I do this podcast, is I want to help individuals learn from my mistakes. Owning the career is going to help you through the difficult times, as you'll have a path a vision, clarity. When I was younger, I didn't really know what I wanted or where I was going to go. And in all fairness, cybersecurity didn't exist back in the mid-90s. It was basically network engineering and network security grew out of that. Just a little bit uh, of an example. When I was 25, I was laid off from a job where I did traveling software marketing. So I would go into CompUSA, which doesn't exist anymore. I'd go into Best Buys, Fry's Electronics, and retail stores. And I would talk to the software reps in there, the salespeople, there weren't software reps. I would talk to the sales kids, salespeople that were working in Best Buy and Fry's and I had a handful of products that I supported and I would teach them about the products, help them learn how to sell it and I would redo the shelves and have end caps and market facing and I would also stay there sometimes and talk to customers and help sell the software. I drove around 600 miles a week in Southern California and the Las Vegas area. And this was in 96, 97 before GPS. Some interesting stories of not finding places or getting lost in the back roads of, uh, of LA. So it was interesting, uh, fun to look back on now, but it was certainly terrifying when I was 25 and lost in downtown LA. Uh, one day I was going to Las Vegas to do my route and I was going to go from the route to McCarran Airport and fly to Layton, Utah, where we had our corporate headquarters for some training. I went to the airport. I went to check in. This is before 9-11. Had a paper ticket. Went to the ticket agent and said, hi, I want to get on the plane. And they said, I'm sorry, uh, uh, cybersecurity graybeard, but your plane ticket's been canceled. You need to call this individual and, and ask them what's going on. I called my boss and he goes, yeah, uh, CSGB, we decided to lay you off. Sorry, you're not flying to Utah. You don't have a job anymore, but we're going to give you $1,000 and you can keep your laptop. I was shocked. I was stunned. I was now unemployed at 25, three and a half hours from home. It was a very lonely drive back. And I, I didn't know what I was going to do. I had no path, no vision, no direction. Uh, I had just moved to Southern California six months earlier, and I was basically freaking out. I mean, what am I going to do? I had a degree in economics, and I was actually thinking about going to be a bank teller and use my degree and get into banking or finance. 
and one of our neighbors uh, had a two-year-old's birthday party. Uh, the, the child turned two, and I was invited to go. I was depressed and didn't want to go, but my wife dragged me over, so I went to the party, and one of the guys saw the shirt I was wearing. It was just some geeky computer t-shirt, and he asked what I, what I do for a living, and I told him I'd just been laid off. I was selling software. I'm a computer guy, but I don't have a job, and he told me about Dice.com. And Dice.com saved my career and it made my career. And I found uh, contractor jobs through LA, making more money than I had been making doing the traveling work. And I did that for a few years. You never know what's gonna happen. You, you have a bump and then you move forward. And from then on, I've been in information technology and I was able to steer it into information security quite early from doing some Department of Defense work, contract work, Lockheed Martin, etc. And so I just wanna explain that before I get into the recommendations and the tips for how to own your own career. From my journey, it was, like I said, painful and scary, and I overcame it. And we, we move forward and we grow out of our failures. And as you hear and as you know, it's not about how you fall down, it's about how you get back up. I'm here to help you realize and everybody's at a different place right now. Some people love their job and they're excited. Other people are in school and they don't know what they're gonna do. Others may also, like me, have been laid off and they don't know how to move forward. I'm gonna go ahead and give eight to 10 tips here. Hopefully these will help you. The first one is be proud. Be proud of yourself and be proud of what you do. Don't slink around second-guessing yourself. You're in your job for a reason. You're a student in that university or that community college for a reason. You were led into there because they had belief in you, and you need to have that belief in yourself. You need to judge yourself and look at yourself the way that other people see you. Don't let the dark and scary gremlins inside of yourself drag you down and make you feel like you're inferior or make you feel you're unworthy. You are worthy. You are where you are for a reason, and you need to understand that and you need to move forward with pride. Be strong, set goals, set difficult goals, push to succeed. I had a colleague or have a colleague at the company I work with, he had a goal of writing and publishing one paper a month. That is excessive, that's extreme. And he told me that, he goes, I did that one year, CSGB, and, and that was hard, I don't do that anymore. I, CSGB, I have a goal of one a quarter, and that's a lot. I push myself for that. If I end up doing five in a year or six in a year, great. But I just set the difficult goal of four in a year and I push to succeed. Right now I'm behind on that goal and I'll catch up and I'll do it because I'm strong, I'm gonna move forward and I'm gonna overcome. Talk with those around you and get input on your actions. Ask for constructive feedback. You're not alone and you cannot succeed alone. Don't be shy, step up, move ahead and reach for the sky. There are people there to help you, and, and at my company where I work, it is all over the place. When I struggle or I have problems, I talk to associate partners that I work with. I talk to complex solutions executives or other solutions architects. I'm not alone, and sometimes when I'm not feeling as strong as I need to be, I go to those around me, and they help lift me up, and you need to do the same as well. You're not alone. I've said that many times, and you need to put that into practice. Tell management and leadership what you want. Don't expect others to read your mind and assume by your actions what you're looking for in your job and your career. I had a, a friend, she was in the military, and she said, I'm getting walked all over by the operational guys, the pilots and the navigators. She was a, an aerospace engineer, a flight test engineer, and she said, I, I'm just not getting the recognition, I'm not getting the accolades, and these pilots and navigators are all over the place, they're getting on the stuff, and they think I'm not doing anything. And I said, well, are you tooting your own horn? Are you telling them about the project you're working on? Did you tell them about the success in the last test that you ran? No, no, I let my success speak for itself, she said. 
And I told her, no, that's not right. You can't do that. It would be lovely if everybody looked at everything everybody did and saw all the detail and the greatness. That does not work. You need to toot your own horn, beat your own chest, tell others what you're doing and what you want. My manager, I told him, I want to become a distinguished engineer. He's never had anybody under him that wants to be an distinguished engineer. He didn't know the path forward. He went and found out. I have a wonderful boss at the company I work at, and he went and asked his boss, and they found information and tracked it down, and now they're helping me move towards that goal. I have 30 years' experience, and I still ask for help. I still tell folks what I want, and I still look for others to help me achieve that which is in front of me. One of the ways that I do it is I track everything I do. So much happens and we forget. What you need to do is have a running list, a list of your highlights. I personally, I highlight the clients that I work with, the deals I'm involved with, the dollar value that I help bring in, the classes I teach, the papers I write, the presentations that I give. I, I mentioned the Cybersecurity Gravebeard podcast. This is a give back. These are the things that I list, things that I recommend that you list your education at work. What are you studying? What are you reading? A young individual who is in the cybersecurity early professional program at my company, I saw him twice this morning on LinkedIn posting about a certification that he received and a badge that he received at the company. That's great. Young kid, I see it. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe if I have a project for him, I'm going to bring him over because I saw it. Hopefully, he's also writing that down in a Word document or a spreadsheet and he's able to share that with his leadership. Talk about the deals that you've worked on, the cases that you've closed, the customers that you've engaged, the employees you helped. If you're working in the help desk and you helped an executive and they gave you a nice email thank you, save that. Make sure that you share it. Show your boss what's going on. Quantify what you're doing in your list. Put down, I fixed four problems in a week. I closed 13 tickets in two days. I help close new business worth $300,000. Make sure there are numbers that are attached to the work that you're doing. And these bullets also will go into a resume or a CV as well. It's not just for tooting your own horn in your monthly or quarterly or annual review or for you to have a list so when you go to your next job, they may look at your resume and say, hey, what else have you done? Tell me more. Well, pulling out that list of the quantified successes that you've done, showing the work you've done is going to help. Keep a special list of compliments and mentions as well. I had said that a moment ago about an executive. If they send you an email, thank you. If you have a customer that says you did a good job, if you have a peer, any accolades like good job, thank you, I appreciate you, great work, that was a difficult situation that you got through. Make sure that you keep all of that and link to it in your spreadsheet or Word document that you're using to track your work. Regularly update your resume. Don't wait until you look for a job. After a project or a big deal or a critical success, put that on your resume. And again, make sure you quantify the success. Your resume should be filled with quantification, numbers and metrics showing how much you've done, specific data. When you learn a new skill, put that in the skills section. If you go out and you knew AWS and now you've learned Azure and certain components within Azure, put that in the skills list. Keep in mind that the skills break out, the three or four lines that you have in your resume of specific skills, Linux, Unix, firewalls, Windows, intrusion prevention, whatever they are, that is the most important section of a resume in my opinion for two reasons. One, the HR system is going to be searching for keywords tied to job descriptions. Secondly, it's important because people like me that are looking at the resume, I'm going to go right to the skills and uh, skills and uh, capability. 
I'm not going to go read every bullet point in every job you've ever had because if I'm hiring somebody that I need to know Palo Alto, do you have Palo Alto Firewall in your resume, in, in your skills? If you do, then I'm going to start to look at the bullet points. But right away, I want to go look at those skills. When you have completed a new skill or learned a new skill, I should say, or even advanced another skill and you're comfortable putting it on your resume in the skills section, update it regularly. Stretch yourself. Don't be complacent. I have folks that I know that have been in the same job for 25 years because they're fine. They're complacent. They're happy. It's okay. It pays the bills. They're good. I'm not like that. I want to move forward. I want more. I want to learn. I want to grow. I want to advance. And I want that for you as well. Don't be complacent. You need to be uncomfortable. We only learn when we're uncomfortable. And that's why it hurts. That's why it's hard. Some people don't want to be uncomfortable. So they just do the same thing day in and day out. I encourage folks to stretch, read a new book, learn a new skill, meet new people, Look for new jobs, not saying to go take it, but at least see what's out there. The next one, this is pretty much common sense, but I have to say it anyway. Behave. Don't threaten. Don't punish. Understand there will be negative influences and just plain bad people along your journey. Don't engage them. Don't write something that may come back to haunt you. In today's cancel culture, God forbid you write an email that upsets somebody and they then grab it and put it on Twitter and say, look what a jerk this person is. Or worse yet, it affects your company and then you lose your job because you sent a nasty email that somebody put out on Twitter bad-mouthing you and bad-mouthing your company and that cancels you at your current job. And then you go get another job and they're saying, well, what happened at your last job? Well, I said something I shouldn't have said and it was on Twitter. That is going to be a real problem going forward. Be very careful and behave and walk away when you're dealing with people that are bad people. You're going to run into them. It's inevitable. Just be good. Be above reproach. Be above them and move forward. The next one is patience. When you own your own career, you have to be patient. You're not going to be a VP tomorrow. You're not going to be a senior director tomorrow. That takes years and in some cases decades. Yeah, right now everybody's a general on LinkedIn, a colleague of mine once said. And there are tons of people out there with a VP title or AVP or a C this or a C that. In my estimation, a lot of people have a title that they don't deserve and you need to earn what you get and you're not going to have a VP title at 30 like at least most people won't. It's extremely unusual and don't fret. Don't be upset about that. That's the way it is. This is a journey. What's the point in having everything on the day two of the journey? What the hell are you going to do for the rest of the time? Be patient. The next one, and I'm almost done, always be looking. Don't necessarily believe the grass is greener on the other side. And I'm not saying if you find a job that pays more, go take it. That's not the way to do it. It's not about money. It's about happiness. It's about comfort. It's about learning. It's about joy. It's about growth. However, there may be something out there that's a little bit better. So always be looking. I receive recruitment requests all the time, and rather than ignore them, I just say, I'm happy where I'm at, thank you very much, I'll let you know if something changes. You always want to keep a door open, you don't want to bite the hand that feeds you or bite the hand that may feed you. Look, accept graciously offers, and it's always also good to keep your skill up for interviewing. That's one of the things that I recommend. I'm not saying to lead on potential employers, but you do need to keep up interviewing as a skill. And if you have a job offer or an opportunity and you think that it may be better than where you're at, pursue it. Don't think you're treating or you're cheating your employer. It's about you and your family and your future. And there's really nothing wrong with looking. Be good to yourself and realize the grass is not always greener. I've worked for a couple of companies actually where people leave and then they're back six months later because they thought it was better on the other side. Be very aware of what's out there. However, don't keep your blinders on. Be aware, know what the market's like, and always be looking. 
And that leads to the last one. Always keep your options open. Never burn bridges. Never bite the hand that feeds you again. I'm not going to get into some of the details, but there was a Simpsons episode where Homer went off on Mr. Burns, and when he was leaving the plant, he literally walked over a bridge, and he threw a match behind him and burned the bridge just to visually show the symbolization of, of him burning a bridge as he leaves. Don't do that. Keep your options open because you never know when you're going to want to go back there. Additionally, another thing my father told me very early in my career, he said, never badmouth your competition because you never know when you're going to be working for them. And this is a small industry, believe it or not. And if you're working at Palo Alto and you start badmouthing Checkpoint or you start badmouthing Cisco and you want to leave Palo and go to Cisco and people heard you badmouthing them, that's a really bad thing. Plus, how can you live with yourself? Why go work for a company that you're besmirching? That's pretty much it. That's 10 ways to own your own career, plus a little bit of stories about myself. I hope it helped. I appreciate you listening, and I hope that you participate via email at cybergraybeard at gmail.com. Reach out with questions, comments, and recommendations for future talks. As I said in the first episode of the season, love to hear from you. Happy to have one-on-ones if that's something that you find interesting. And again, if you found this topic valuable, uh, you may want to check back in my archive and listen to older episodes that relate to this topic or for others. With all that said, thank you again so much for listening. It was a great episode to talk about, and I appreciate your time. Have a good day.